following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Genesis RPG Podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system created by Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the players and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me as always are my good friends and excellent co-hosts, Chris Holmes and Stefan Dragonspawn. Chris, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Man, so much has been going on recently. I have aliens in my computer now. Got a new computer, yeah. so that's freaking sweet. <laughs> um, finished that campaign with Jamie on Thursday night. That rocked. That was pretty Did. sweet, dude. That was that was a nice epic ending. Um, and uh, yeah, just been playing around with the computer a bit. Yeah, I've been playing. Wow, of course. <laughs> Haven't been now sleeping. Last, last weekend, you had how many characters die in one weekend? I had a couple. <laughs> Um, I, I had one getting get eaten by a uh, mimic, greater mimic, <laughs> ran by uh, my 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 co-host Tony Vanning. <laughs> that was so sorry. Funny. No, don't apologize. It was epic. no, you're not. It was great because it was like Rawr! and it's insta death. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> Anyways, it was quite the crit. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Um. Yeah, how about you, Stefan? How you doing, buddy? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, work is a little crazy, but uh, now I've got my weekend, my three day weekend. Uh, still working on my Dragon Star conversion. Reading some PDFs of the original 3.5 edition to try to get uh, some more ideas. Great. And I'm looking forward to the next show, which will be, of course. Uh, Something related to that. We can we'll discuss it at the end of the show. But yeah, I'm uh, stoked for that. Cool. Now, if you can just get some more internet up, up here, I'll be set. You don't have enough <laughs> the of usual. The internet, huh? <laughs> uh, just enough. Just, just enough. enough. Of it? Yeah. <laughs> how about you, Tony? Yeah. How about you, Tony? Oh, I've been doing pretty good. Working, working. Just hanging mm-hmm. out with the missus. Nice. We've uh, been doing all of our yard work and. Enjoying the fruits of our labors, we sat out on our deck the other night, just had mm-hmm. drinks, and listened to music, and I grilled a That's bunch nice. of ribs. Good night. Oh, That's nice. good. Today, I grilled brats in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, really buddy. Them. Cheers to that, done, dude. Yeah, I've Cheers done that. that. <laughs> I, gr- yep. I grilled a ribeye in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel a so, song coming on. <laughs> Maybe it could be well, a bard. You know, Songs our bard might sing in the... Setting of meat, the age of meat. Yes. Right? Age, age of no, meat. no, age, age of myth. We're going to discuss oh, age, age of, of myth, myth uh-huh. today, not age of meat. Oh, that's that right. might okay. that's got to come later with time. Yes. So yes, <laughs> today we are our our show topic is the setting spotlight on the age of myth. Cool. But before that, 
we do have a little bit of listener feedback, finally. Someone wrote in. Yeah, from Michael Reese over across the pond in the UK. He says, hello, and thank you for boosting the signal on my Genesis game, Psy. PSI, I think. Uh, the price, $5 one penny, is just a quirk of the conversion rate. Yeah, we had mentioned in that show that it was not. It was 501 as opposed to 499 Right. He says, I'm in... I'm in the UK and it, I priced it at four pounds, and that's the conversion rate. So. Nice. Ah, Would have been better if you were messing with us over here. You know, get some Psy book, you know, mind games. <laughs> that's, great. that's awesome. That is awesome. He says, Glad you like the layout. Style Guide is a great help to make things look professional. Genesis mm-hmm. does have a little extra headache of having its own font, the symbols, which you have to be careful of. In- of inserting at the right place, but it is mm-hmm. worth it to make a product look good. Yep. I hope there is enough material for you to get your money's worth out of it. And I want to produce something. I wanted to produce something that would provide something for everyone. So no matter what genre, no matter the genre or setting, you'd find an approach to psychic powers that worked for you. Keep nice. up the good work on your podcast. Thanks, Michael Reese. Nice. Thanks for writing us, Michael. Yeah, appreciate yeah, thank that, you. Michael. I like I like yep. how you phrase that in your in your in your email there, Michael. That it's an approach to take into psionics or psi um, things. Yeah. I like that. That's a great attitude to have. It's like, hey, here's a start. Here's how I do it. If you guys haven't thought about yeah. it, here's a here's a here's a place to start. And making it generic like that would give get more um, replayability out of it and a couple different genres. You yeah. think so? Kudos to you, but buddy. It's a, Kind of a toolbox of yeah. psionics, you know, just like Genesis is. Yeah, yeah. So cool. nice, very nice. So, with that being said, that's our only listener feedback. Let's head on over to boosting the signal. All right. Well, hey, welcome to Boosting the Signal. This is where Stefan shares all of the hot and steamy Genesis news. Off the wire, fresh stuff that you all have put up there for us. Um, what you got for us, man? All right. So the Foundry has quite a few things recently. Mm-hmm. So focusing on four new little products here. The first one is Mr. Neil Cobbs. He gives us uh, something called Hero Time Number One, Lair of the Plague Doctor. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, it's a 19 yeah, it's a 19 page little quest book set in guess, a custom world of Verbus. He says it's illustrated in a uniquely gorgeous hand drawn style, and I clicked on the full preview just to look to see yeah. and there might be a little bit of sarcasm there a bit of tongue-in-cheek because it's let's say it's not the realms of Tyranoth standard but whatever <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> um, but it <laughs> seems to be a, a cool adventure taking that aside but um, so a little adventure has five pregens already uh, six monsters and a map and so you even include some uh, Cut out tokens if you want to use some of that. Oh, cool! All of that for four bucks. So a little adventure. Uh, nice. 
or from maybe it could be good for introducing people to Genesis. So the link in the show notes for that. And and then we have Sir uh, Giri Raman, or Mrs. Giri Raman, I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, is another fan who offers us um, Realms of Terranoth goodness in the form of the uh, product called Terranoth Exotic Species. So some of the species or creatures that were spread out in the books or or other game sources mm-hmm. based off of uh, Terranoth, you can you give stats for them as player races. Uh, the Dragon Hybrid, the Beastman, the Minotaur, Lizardman, Mackam, uh type of centaur, the Ventala centaur, with new talents, gear, uh, adversaries as well, uh, and allies focusing on mounts for their, for some of these characters. Uh, even some role-playing tips for them. And some organizations mm-hmm. as well as NPCs to introduce these exotic species into your game. Or maybe barding. First. Do they have barding uh, saddle you can buy for yourself? If you're playing a centaur, uh, <laughs> that'd be good. Maybe uh, that would be part part of the the gear. I would imagine, like you know, okay. even a dragon hybrid, minotaur, and centaur would need specific types of gear, uh, not just cool. a regular super plate mail, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so three ninety nine US, and then we have uh, our good friend Chris Markham, uh, in cooperation with Randall Mason. Gives us vile villains, also for realms of Tiranov. So eight new villains that are, you know, fleshed out, detailed from the lore. He takes all of the information from, uh, from the various lore uh, that's been published by FFG, and he created one. They created one unique one as well. And each villain is described, illustrated with their background, motivations, and even descriptions of the lair. So a good villain needs a lair, of course, to be rated. And uh, so that's a good 12 pages for only two two bucks. I'm currently in my lair. Of course. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yes, I'm in my dragon's lair. (laughs) Oh, my. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. And finally, um, a recent addition to the Foundry called Salvage, a sci-fi junk punk setting that maybe Chris might be familiar a little bit with. Oh, hells to the yeah. I love that setting. Yeah. Because, yeah, originally it was offered before the Foundry came up mm-hmm. online. You had found it on uh, on the interwebs and the dark web and stuff, and it was one of your 50 pieces of awesome focus. Oh, heck yeah. So, yeah, so Gerard Matthews actually reworked it, uh, gave an awesome layout from what I could see. Cool. Great new kick-ass art uh, and cover. So, uh, new archetypes, four new archetypes, careers, 50 uh, new talents, 16 careers. Some new rules about psychic powers, which I remember the, the original Salvage, which was a little different than the standard magic. You broke it down into yep. different types of psychic, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Again, a bit like Psy, a different way of seeing psychic abilities. Uh, and new rules for salvaging scrap and making uh, th- stuff with it uh, to build and modify your gear. Sweet. So, uh, And he says there's a teaser on drive through RPG about for future supplements and adventures. Oh, and all crazy. of that for nine yeah, and so there'll be some more support. And all of that for nine ninety nine. 
Cool. I definitely want to run. So my next actual play I'll be running for you guys is going to be in that setting, Salvage. Ooh, so cool. Heck to the yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'll get it and, and look through it. Oh, definitely. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it, what I have for this week. So, Whew! Well, that's a lot of radar you're spitting out there. Great for uh, great for those guys out there. Hopefully that gets some more pennies in their pockets and gets mm-hmm. some people out there to hear about these new products. Get them if you want them. Yep. That's it. Awesome. All right. Well, then let's um, let's move on to the next segment. Yeah. There, were, there were a few... There were a few other things that came out almost like right after I put those show notes. Like, okay, I can't do the whole thing. I'll, I'll keep them for next time. That's right. <laughs> All right. Welcome to our next segment. The 50 Pieces of Awesome, where Chris finds something really cool and free on the web and uh, explains what it's all about to us. What do you got for us today, Chris? Well, um, something we kind of found a couple weeks ago when we were doing mm-hmm. our, um, our we're setting up the show with uh, Guillaume, uh, he had created mm-hmm. a character in something called RPG Sessions. I haven't seen this in a, out there yet, and we went and played around with it a little bit. We created characters, and I created a character tonight for for um, advantageous threat for it. Uh, this is created by Jores and Dallas. I'm sure there are others out there doing it. Um, I believe that RPG Sessions, that group, has taken over the um, what do you call it? The open source version of the Genesis Emporium. That uh, Sky Jedi had um, was was going was had created, so um, they're doing a bit there. They have a Twitter page, um, Instagram. I hopped on their Discord channel the other day too. Um, so uh, yeah, there's like dice rollers, character sheets, and more. Oh my! Um, supporting um, you know Core, the Tyrnoth, uh, Shadows of the Beanstalk. And they even have a Star Wars template for you folks out there. They also support vehicle creation. Um, and then uh, you can roll some dice from your character. Uh, what's really cool is on your character sheet, as long as there's a valid um, URL to an image, you could link that and pop it up on your character too. Um, save care. I linked it to my like Google account. And um, save characters, import characters. Very polished looking. Very yeah, intuitive. A couple, it was, it's been around for a couple of years, like before even you started the show, but it was just a dice roller when it started. Okay. They had the Genesis dice, Star Wars dice, and numbered dice, and that's it. Okay. But it was it's a work in progress. They even have a Patreon. If you are on their website, you can become a Patreon and encourage them, so they'll... Keep cool. adding features, and you can find, fill out, I think, a, uh, a survey what what you might be more interested in in seeing as features. Yeah. Now, when I was creating um, <clears throat> my character, uh, there was one thing in the talents that they're that they're missing, and that is the um, that is the uh, 
what do you call it? Active, a incidental out of turn incident. Mm-hmm. Um, there are incidentals you could take during your turn, um, some of these, but they don't have the option to select like out, an out of turn incidental. So, guys, got to add that. Other than yep. that, it's this is good stuff. Yeah, um, very nice looking. I like it. Mm-hmm. Tony, any comments, questions? Uh, I loved it when I used it to make big Amos for the uh, live play with Guillaume, or the actual play with Guillaume. I used it for that. I mm-hmm. uh, It was nice. Now that we can make our characters for our advantageous threats or whatever, or and we can just put a link in our show notes instead of posting the whole character. So it's yep. uh, it's it's kind of cleaned up our show notes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, ah, I like it. Yeah, it's a uh, great resource. Yeah. And uh, they've done a great the dice. job over there. Yeah, you can roll the dice from the character sheet. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, th- I think I got to have dice in my meaty mitts. I don't <laughs> get that enough. I that's fine. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, there is a, a visceral pleasure of rolling natural physical dice too. There, there is that. Yep, but I get teased because I take too long to interpret my dice, so I just use the yep. dice roller. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, this is so good, I knew. Good stuff. Well, if we didn't, yeah. ha- if we had the rights to the Jeopardy theme, we wouldn't tease you. We just play that every time <laughs> you were trying to <laughs> interpret your dice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one of these days. Uh, as, as we say, as we say in French, on écoute ce qu'on aime. So, <laughs> oh, I love you too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, so, Jores and Dallas and any others who are working on RPG sessions, uh, thank you. And here are your fifty pieces of awesome. <laughs> All right, well, welcome to the Books of Genesis, huh? Uh, 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 where, 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 we, where we break down section one of the books, and as we said, we are going to be looking at the Age of Myth from the Expanded Player's Guide. So open up your book to page seven, everyone, and we're going to start talking about Age of Myth. So, so, go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. So, Age of Myth. What makes a mythic story? It, I mean, you're 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 like larger than life. You are. Not only are you big damn heroes, they people tell you that you're a big damn hero. You know you are, right? I mean, yeah. It it it's more than it's more than your high fantasy. You know? Yeah, you're. It, it, yeah, you're. You're. You're the the scion of a sometimes of the, of the gods. You know, you've got great bloodlines of great heroes. Yeah. Um. You're like the epitome of strength, or trickery, mm-hmm. or um. Or beauty, or, or beauty. charm. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, Age of Myth, and this is you know this is explained here also in the beginning chapter but age mm-hmm. of myth for me is always about gods manipulating people mm-hmm. and they're doing so with usually with heroes whether they're tragic heroes or larger than life heroes the gods are meddling in their yep. shit yep. <laughs> yeah they are 
Yes, and, yes, they are. And it's slightly different from our traditional high fantasy in that magic is more aloof, so to speak. It's and feared. more feared. And feared. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it feared. seems to be only God given. It seems, you know, mm-hmm. practically. Oh, yeah. But also on the other side of that, it's ultra powerful. Mm-hmm. When it comes to magic items. Yes. Because those are gifts from the gods. So they kind of have to course. be, right? Yeah. I, well, that's it. So, I mean, that's what it means to play in the Age of Myth, but there's some tropes that are involved, and we've kind of <laughs> already invoked a couple of them. But let's break them down, man. Yeah. So, I mean, when we're, when we're talking mm-hmm. tropes, I mean, you have various different myths like types you have polynesian the norse myth the greek myths and those are different from each other as uh, they have an example here from like the expanse to star wars how that's kind of different right i mean it's all it's all sci-fi but it's so different this is all myths but they are they are different and we'll get into some of those some of those too Mm -hmm. and when we're talking tropes um there are a few and they have um some like the first one. There are uh, gods are among us. They show up, come around a corner. One of the examples here is uh, that's the really big one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is that they are they are here in any of the pantheon of the gods. That the gods are gods are here among us. Um, yeah, and they do talk of a couple of different of the pantheons. One thing that I liked about the the Norse gods one is. They say that Zeus will just, or, or Odin will just kind of come up as like an old oh, man yeah. wanting a place to stay. Yep. And if you don't yep. let him Shows in up. and let him stay, fuck, he's going to wreck you. He's going to wreck <laughs> yep. your goddamn yep. countryside, right? I mean, that's kind of, that would be Eddie. one kind of, that would be like one thing that represents there, the, the, the law or the, the rule of hospitality is very important in, in some cultures that exactly. to reinforce it because you never know who you're inviting into your house <laughs> that's right that's right and you know not and one thing they mention here and i want to mention it on our show is that it's not that we they don't bring the examples in the book to you know say hey these are the only good examples these are just some examples there's tons that exist these are ones that have crept into the world's knowledge and that's the north and the greek and uh, and a few others um but there are a plethora of pantheons and myths out there for every culture that can be tapped into as a resource for this well that's it you know the, the, the greeks are very popular i guess because of hollywood but you can have south american with you know quetzalcoatl and tlaloc native americans you know they're the Various gods like the coyote and raven, which are like either trickster gods or uh, mm-hmm. or spirits, whatever the name is called. Even they don't call them gods, mm-hmm. they're like very powerful beings that kind of meddle right. with the mortals to either protect them, mm-hmm. sometimes fuck around with them a little bit, cause them grief. <laughs> yeah. You know, as maybe one one hero is encouraged by one god, but then opposed by another one. Hercules is a great example. I mean, some. Odin, not Odin, Zeus was always behind, of course, Hercules, but his wife, Hera, didn't like, of course, Hercules because he was the son of another woman, a mortal woman. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, right. I'm going to oppose him. 
<laughs> and that's a big aspect of the Greco-Roman gods is that they're they're capricious and they're 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 always uh, fickle about that. They will they will actively. There are some even like Aphrodite who will get pissed off because of mortal woman who pretend is as beautiful as her. The people, yeah. if anyone says she's as beautiful as Aphrodite, Aphrodite or, takes notice yeah, or and, more. And she, <laughs> and she messes with that woman's life. And uh, she, that woman ends up with snakes coming out of her head. Yeah, you know, yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a man that sees Artemis bathing with her, uh, her hunting party and then just petrifies them. Or just no, turns him to a stag and hunts him to death. Nice. You know, there we go. Nice. <laughs> How <Nice>. dare you? <laughs> yeah, yes. and they and they bring up. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. Oh no, no, no. They they were. They also the Greeks also believe they said in like lesser deities and spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes, you know, spirits and many deities. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, not only just the the major gods like from Mount Olympus, but. You know, the nymphs, which were your, you know, your elementals, you know, representing mm-hmm. your various elementals. And the dryads are the living embodiments of trees and natures. And then, of trees, course, yeah. you have the Furies, too. Mm-hmm. The three goddesses of vengeance and re- retribution, which is always a great theme, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, and they bring up the um, the Sumerian gods here, and I, and I wanted to... Um, I just they are brought in as kind of a contrast that the, the Sumerian gods they're all birthed from earth, water, and the heavens and they separated the wor- uh, but separated the world so that they could claim their domains and the god Ankle or Enki uh, I think it's Ankle was the original uh, version of it that I remember first hearing right. um, created humans to carry out all menial tasks so that the gods could live lives of luxury. Nice. So yep. <laughs> that's oh, wow. <laughs> and and that's um basically when you're talking Sumerian, Sumerian society had heavily had slaves. And yeah. so this was the gods had humans as slaves. Humans had slaves. So it it was kind of a reflection of their society. Mm-hmm. And one thing and, um, one thing that's interest interesting is this thing called the Malam, which mm-hmm. is their, um, it's like a luminous aura that kind of surrounds them, um, which basically, if anybody, yeah. you know, gazes upon them, you know, they're just in fear and terrified and, and such. That's kind of interesting. Was well, so it actually named the aura, you know, because mm-hmm. when you see a god, yeah, you should be really impressed at the yeah. very least. <laughs> and they would even bestow, it says here, uh, the, the last line here, that second paragraph, um, they would bestow a measure of Malam on those mortals they favored. So those would be your big damn heroes. Your blessing. You know? yeah, yeah, your blessings. Blessing you know, they, that's yeah. it. You know, so geez. instead of receiving, um, if you were you know, using Sumerian gods, instead of them giving the player characters magic items by giving them their Malam, um, they bestowed them with their essence and they can. Yeah. So you would give your characters magic powers so to speak Correct. or boosts yeah, or talents that, yeah yes talents. talents for free for example yeah and they'd only last for as long as they were in that god's favor obviously of course yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it 
Uh, yeah, this last so that, paragraph there is kind of bleak too. <laughs> yeah, Go yeah. Ahead, it, it says, I love it. Well, well it says that well, obviously, like all gods, and I don't know if this is necessarily specific to Sumerian mythology, but there's there to be def- not to be defied or challenged. Duh. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's the fatalistic element to their mythology that in the end, no matter what one's deeds were in life, all mortals end up in the same bleak underworld. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. In some in some ways, the Norse mythologies is kind of bleak too because they do have Ragnarok. All the people know that this will happen, and some and the gods or even the gods are going to die. Many of them are going to die. Right. So and there's something, but. But at least if you do well, if you die a warrior's death, you go to Valhalla until then. <laughs> well, exactly. And that's one of the things over there when they're talking about the Norse legends is, you know, those gods respect that strength and bravery. Yeah. And even if you are going to be fighting a god, yeah. don't run, you... stand up, give it the best fight you can. You're going to be that's smoted it. anyways, but we don't respect you. You're going to lose. <laughs> Well, that's it. Even if you lose, you know, you know you went down fighting. He's like, ah, well, I didn't bow down. The hell with you. I want my beer and <laughs> Valhalla. There we go. All right. So what's, what's our next trope there, fellas? Next trope is about being the idealist, idyllic hero, the heroic ideal that, yeah, you represent uh, the epitome, let's say, of a certain aspect of whatever the culture is. So, you know, as they say, you know, you're the mold. Of, you're not just a traditional hero. You're simply really more than just a hero. Uh, you know, they are stronger. They are more attractive. Uh, they're marked for great, great, great deeds. Not just, you know, the farmer who picks up, picks up pitchfork and fights against kobolds and then becomes a hero. No, he's already starting you know, like Hercules, he's born, you know, two snakes show up in his crib, he strangles them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. And, um, yeah, so they're the heroes of, you know, they talk about the different myths again here, and you've got your heroes of the Greek, like you said, they're, they are larger than life. You've got, you know, oh, yeah. Perseus, uh, who's, you know, his sense of honor was like none other, you know. Um uh, Achilles, who was the ultimate warrior, you know, he could not yep. be beat except for that one little weakness. Yep. And that's the part that also all Greek heroes have is they have that downfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have that thing that's going to bring them down. And it always does. And that's why it's called a, that's why it's called a Greek tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because that, that one bit of, whether it's hubris or a, or a, uh, wrath or a weakness of some kind, it's always going to drag them down. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. was one. There was there, a, there, go ahead. No. Go ahead. No. Um. I was. I was just going to say that with the with these heroes. Yeah, they're worried about whatever quest they're on. They want to defy their fates. They don't. They're not worried about getting their next meal. They don't have to keep track of arrows. You know, I'm reading this. Nope. I'm reading this last paragraph here. It's like you don't have to worry about that. They're not worried about amassing wealth or anything like that. When you're running a game with these kinds of heroes, just focus on, you know, the epicness of it and the yep. heroic deeds that they're going to be doing. Um, 
claiming artifacts of legend or whatever. Don't worry about, like, who's going to be taking first watch or second watch. How many rations do we have left? Eh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> no, that's it. As corny as the TV show was, you know, the Hercules TV show with Kevin Sorbo was like that. I mean, you didn't have to worry about his next meal or uh, no. dry cl- cleaning his clothing or uh, no. He right. would just travel and do his do his quests and worry about that later. Everything would fall into place anyway. He and his sidekick, but okay. they would do the big epic fights. <laughs> yeah, and then we get into the Arabian heroes. Now, Arabian right. heroes, the mythic hero, heroes of Arabian stories, they tend to be less overtly powerful or strong, and instead they're more cunning and, and witty. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, when you're thinking of Scheherazade or Sidbad or Aladdin, all the heroes mm-hmm. of Arabian myth are all quick and cunning and always are fighting against someone who's really powerful. Um, <laughs> yeah, against the odds, but they still prevail through okay. some quick thinking, uh, some agile acrobatics, and mm-hmm. it's almost always solve their problems with quick thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. What's our last one? Our last uh, is it? Their last trope. Uh, there's a couple more, a couple but more. the What's our next last one that one they've the, bullet-pointed the specifics for. All right. so uh, And that's going to be the fates. And that is fate is always a powerful force in, in mythic stories. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, the again, it goes hand-in-hand t- hand with being a hero and being, you know, whether you're a child of the gods or a pawn of the gods, you have an epic fate. Yeah. Um, in... In Norse beliefs, they go into um, where that fate was, what that source was, and that's the Norns that lived under the world tree, Yggdrasil. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, they are the ones that predicted Ragnarok and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, they, in, they, they wove you know, the fate I, of mortals. Yeah, and it brings me to, you know, like, Okay, I know I did my research all week. I know you did, Chris. We watched a bunch of mythic movies. Yeah, we did. Um, uh, I I watched, you know, last night I watched 300. And nice. uh, oh, the whole nice. uh, going to see the 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 old wise guys yeah. up on the frickin' hill. Um, yeah, the, the oracle. And the oracle. Fate was important. Getting, mm-hmm. you know, word of the gods came from somewhere. Yeah, and, uh, well, even even in the that, movie, I, I end up watch. I watched Troy the other night. Ah, yeah. And mm, and before yeah. he's going to the to the Trojan War, talks to his mother, and she's like, "Well, you could stay here, live a long life, have some kids, gonna be great. Nobody's gonna remember you, but if you do go, you will be remembered forever. However, you will not be coming back because you will die there." And yeah. he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go. Fuck it." Boom! <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, that's that's not fate, and that's your mother telling you, bummer, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, fate plays a big part, and yeah, uh, I love the part that they finally mentioned the Egyptian stuff because that's oh, you know yes. that's one of my favorites. Okay. Um, mm. The Egyptian myth cycles. So, Egyptian mythology, 
uh, and fate and history are they have cyclical elements, and that what that means is um, what has happened before will happen again. We don't learn the lessons from the past; they just continue to happen. Everything continues right. to happen, <laughs> yep. and uh, what has happened before will come again. Mm-hmm. And your heroes. Um, it's how they rise to that challenge in right. that moment yeah. um, that that uh, that drives them. Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. I, I like that. I like this last this last sentence of that first paragraph. There, the they the Egyptians believed that to keep the chaos of the desert from coming to overwhelming the order of living of the living life giving river valley, the world must reenact. The same mythic patterns of history just continue to do that. Oh, another sandstorm's coming. As yep. is, you know, the whole, um, you know, the myths. We have to re- reenact those. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and that's remind. why. That's why their their pantheon of gods over time changed, but the stories didn't. Um, okay. So you you notice the you know there's if you really study Egyptian mythology. There's very old Egyptian gods and there's young Egyptian gods and some of them have the same powers, but the same stories are being told from beginning to end about different ones because they believed in that cycle of myth, but a new king would come along and say, no, 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 not that god. We don't worship him anymore. We worship this new god. And that <laughs> fair, and because of that pharaoh, you know, the, the edict went out that God's name had changed. <laughs> yeah, but it's still the same God. It's just you know, just using a, another alias. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of some of the uh, heroes sometimes of, of the British Isles. Uh, there's one book I had read about. I think it was Cushelain, one of the great heroes. His fate sometimes was like almost determined at birth. That he had this fate that he would never be able to refuse a meal if offered. Or never able to also to to refuse um, an invitation from someone. So sometimes that, that and some of these con- conflict in each other and sometimes bring about their downfall. So you have to be careful. Yep. Uh, they could be still powerful heroes, um, or uh, or the uh, uh, an anime series that I I watched when I was younger called Ulysses Thirty One. Which was a take on, of course, Odysseus. So he has a ship in space. The Greek gods are very powerful and still around, but he pisses them off. And while he's away from the ship with his son and a friend of uh, not a friend of his son, he curses the, the the crew in the ship to be in suspended animation and to travel the galaxy. And he goes through sometimes various Greek myths or and stories. Mm-hmm. With a twist, you know, some other guy is is is, is fated to push a, a boulder instead of a boulder, a, a piece of metal, a boulder of metal, down into a into an anthill kind of thing, instead of up a hill that always rolls down. Yep. Uh, so that was like another take. Yes, it's an age of myth, but with a sci-fi theme. Cool, cool. Yeah, there another another thing that they had mentioned up here back. About the fates, just one thing I wanted to touch on was that though it could be like you're fated to do something, well, there could be multiple ways and multiple f- ways mm. that it could be interpreted. Okay, and then yeah. the example that they give here was um, the prophecy the Oracle of Apollo at Delphi did gave to King Croesus 
before his battle against the Persian Empire, should he attack mm-hmm. the Persians, he would destroy a great empire. Well, he lost, and mm-hmm. his empire was destroyed. His own. <laughs> so right. you might think, yeah, if you do this, you're going to destroy that empire. But no, he destroyed his own. So you could, and of course, a good GM, DM, would do that, right? <laughs> I, always vague enough. Prophecies vague. Oh, yeah, you got to keep them vague. <laughs> keep them vague. All righty then. This next this next trope is puts a. You have to think of high fantasy different of this trope because of this trope here. And this is here. There be monsters. So in a lot of these. Um, you know, the age of myth, you have a lot of different creatures, you know, wolves and whatever, all these different creatures and humans. But as far as monsters go, you know, you wouldn't have like a whole, um, what do you call it, tribe of goblins or tribe of orcs. You'd probably have one orc. Or you wouldn't have a bunch of minotaurs. You would have a minotaur or a gorgon. Something along those lines. Um, one hydra. Yeah, like, the, like like Medusa. Like Medusa was one creature. She she was she was a woman named Medusa who was cursed. Not a race of creatures called Medusa. She was right. part of a creature. Three sisters were called Gorgons. And she was the only one that was mortal. Right. Right. So of course D and D stole so your, or so, borrowed a lot of information there. <laughs> right. So keep your so keep your um, keep your fantasy and your fantasy. Keep your age of myth here, where yeah. make your monsters unique. Well, I said if your heroes are big and powerful and up up in your face, so are the monsters. They need to be. You know, when Hercules fought the Hydra, it was the Hydra. You know, every time he cut off a head, two more sprung up. <laughs> so. Yeah. Right on. Anything to add? Lastly, here, uh, no, no. That's uh, I've got plenty to add on monsters later. Oh, that's true. Right. You have something. On the, you, oh, I see something. You have something in the background there on the slab, don't you? Kind of getting prepped, right? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We, have, we have to go. We have to go up to the lab first. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So the last trope is, of course, magic. Magic uh, in a mythic setting. Uh, we're back to that. It's uh, it plays a major role. However, it's more behind the scenes. Um, it's not. There's not seventy thousand wizards out there, or a college of wizards. There might be a sorcerer born with magic. It's not something you learn. It's something you're born with. Yeah. Um, gift. Yeah. Uh, there may be one sorcerer born a generation, or you may have to seek out a shaman that uh, was is a mythical person. Uh, sometimes a quest in and of itself to find a magical person um, for your big heroes. And uh, so the magic is significant, but it's rare. It's behind the scenes. Yeah, right. And again, we talked about also that it's also through the magic items uh, or those auras that they can bestow upon uh, that the gods would bestow upon mortals, those are the ways with magic touches the setting more than anything else. Right, and remember to keep it frightening, and you know, fearful. Oh yeah, people. they're they're fe- You know, it's feared when magic happens. Oh, 
the gods are present and we should fear the gods. If we don't fear the gods, they're going to destroy us, you know? I mean, you keep that theme going and that feeling around the table going. It'll make your make your game more exciting, I think. Well, that, well that's it, you know, you know. When the hero is given a magic item, you know, whether it's... Uh, um, the powerful shield that's supposed to protect him against the Medusa or uh, the bow that never misses. It's not just, you know, a plus one bow. No, it's Zeus enchanted this or, you know, right. gave it right. to you. So yeah. Yeah, the belt of Hercules was supposed to be really powerful. Well, of course, it's Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> you mentioned him enough. I have to do it now. That's right. You do. Yeah. You do. <laughs> Oh, he's All one right. of the biggest heroes out there. I mean, right. Lou Ferrigno just, played just one him. Of the strongest. <laughs> one of the strongest. Well, speaking of heroes, dude, yeah. what, kind of, what kind of options do we have to play these peeps? To play a big All game right. hero? What do we have? We, yes, we have new archetypes we for do. that. We have three of them. Who, what do you guys yeah, have? You don't be just a laborer or intellectual. No. <laughs> Homie, I'll take start. the first one. Because I, I, I you, were, you were... You uh, were... You downplayed little, this one when we, we first when we first opened the expanded players guide. You kind of dissed on this a little I bit. I did, I did, but you know, for for our segment coming up here in the future of the <laughs> later on in the show, I made a demigod. All right, now ah, this now a demigod is um, a character that has been born, you know, the union between a mortal and a god, or. Maybe a child of the gods that was stolen at birth, but their divine majesty has been reduced in some way or, or some reason. Um, their abilities, um, brawn and agility are a three. Their intellect, willpower, and presence are both two, but they have no cunning. Um, <laughs> because, you know, they're not a trickster. Why do they need to be cunning? Who cares? They're no, very straightforward. They're straightforward, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're just um, pounded into submission. <laughs> that's right. Um, they have a, a wound threshold starting off at 12, which you get to add their mm-hmm. brawn to. Their strain threshold is 8, which they you know you add your willpower to. They start with 85 hit points. Now, that is an interesting number to me because of <laughs> the fact that I raised a brawn attribute to 4. I raised another attribute to a three, but man, that was five experience points short from pulling that cunning up to a two. So you had to make <laughs> so I had to make a decision whether I wanted to keep the cunning as one or create another um, or put both my brawn and agility to a four, right? And then boom, you're done. Um, interesting choices I had to make, which I kind of retract a bit, <laughs> I think. Um, and uh, so they obviously, you know, they'll start with athletics during character creation because, you know, they're a demigod. Um, and then this is awesome. Tragic fate. When preparing mm-hmm. the story pool, you basically give your story point to the GM. <laughs> yep. That's oh, no, no. You no. get to keep yours. Oh, I get to keep it. Oh, no. The, oh, the GM yeah. adds one you story add. point. Oh, I read that. We okay? Yeah, okay. So. Oh no, 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 no! It says I'm sorry. Instead of the player pool, my bad. Yeah, yeah. So I'm giving my okay. story point to the GM. 
That's effectively so the gem starts with doing. two point, story points. <laughs> no, Very nice. They just start with yours <laughs> because it's a tragic <laughs> fate, buddy. That's how they. That's how they do oh, it. it. That's great. I love it. It's so, got a lot of flavor to it. Now it it's does. not a cool ability. You know, it's like, oh, no, it's but, not really cool. But just start the game session. Here you go. Here's my story point. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> and likewise, if someone's playing a demigod in the game, yeah. oh my God. they now are uh, the, the, the reason why they're playing the demigod is because they want to interact with their gods. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you want. You want to feed them that you want. I mean, here's the guy who's going to talk to Zeus. Nobody else in the party is going to talk to Zeus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus is going to show up once in a while and say, you need to do this. No, I don't want to do this, Dad. <laughs> right. All right. You're yeah, not cool. my real dad. So, Actually, I am your real dad. <laughs> so that was the demigod. demigod. Then we have that born mysterious character, the sorcerer. Mm-hmm. In mythology, a person born with is born a magic user. It's not something you learn. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, this arch- archetype plays into that concept and should only be used if the game is using the alternate magic use magic rules. So if you're not using the magic rules, throw the archetype out. Um, maybe you want or worldly heroes for that, uh, you know, that um, Sumerian gods game. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the sorcerer here is um, less than average when it comes to the old brawn. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got a one. Because yep. he's, you know, probably grew up sick, and uh, uh, maybe Bookish. got his ass kicked for having <laughs> magical powers. That's right. Um, but he's got twos across the board and everything else. He's got a nine plus brawn for his wound threshold. Again, wimpy, wimpy. Um, uh, Eleven plus his willpower for the uh, uh, strength threshold, and then a hundred and fifteen starting XP. Yeah, Whoop. that's a lot. That's that, that's a lot. That is a that is a truck bucket load. It sure is. Um, and then, for starting skills, sorcerer starts a game with arcana, divine, or primal as a career skill. The sorcerers also start with a single rank in the magic skill that they selected as their career skill. And of course, this does not allow you to train it above two. Mm-hmm. And so right away. You're a magical powerhouse. You got extra XP to spend. You can crank that yep. right through the roof. Um, but then they got this nasty ability here, oh, supernatural suspicion. This is flavorful as hell. Again, yeah. and I, I keep getting a theme. You know, tragic demigod. Well, untrusted uh, sorcerer. So the supernatural suspicion once per session after this character makes a magic skill check. You may spend a story point. To re-roll one or more of your dice in the pool. So that's pretty powerful, being yeah. able to re-roll. Oh, I don't want that to spare. Re-roll it. No. Yep. Um, exactly. Oh, what? What? I got a blank yellow die? Well, it could come up a triumph. Right. I got a, I got a blank well, yellow die re-roll and that. a despair. Let me roll them both. <laughs> right? Exactly. <Yeah. laughs> you may re-roll one or more dice of your choice. Yep. After doing so. All NPCs in the current encounter gain an aversion of this character. They something about you bothers them, and the and the supernatural nature of that character as a fear. 
they pick up a new motivation. They're freaking afraid of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your just, power. Because you just fire-bolted you. my buddy. <laughs> yeah, and changed fate. You basically changed the fate of whatever, you know, the dice exactly. decided. Exactly. Yes, you manipulated you fate, and they mm-hmm. saw it. They see it yeah. in you, and they are afraid of you. <laughs> Everyone in the whole encounter. Very yep. awesome ability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. And... And the next one is one, one that I base my character off for the advantage advantageous threat. So without powers starting off at birth, he's not super strong or super agile, like the demigod. He doesn't have magical powers, but they are clever. They use their, their, their cunning. So they have two in brawn, agility, intellect, and presence, only one in willpower, you know. But three in cunning, so yeah, they're 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 the crafty ones. Yeah. Uh, middle of the road, as opposed to the other two, ten plus brawn for wounds and strain ten plus willpower. Hundred hundred XP, uh, so a little bit like the uh, standard human, you know, average human. Starting skills, of course, being a trickster, they'll have a rank. Uh, well. A rank in either deception, knowledge, skullduggery, or streetwise. Maximum of two ranks. And the other ability that they have is quite nice, I like. Too clever by half. Great name. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, it's nice because it involves boost dice, which I love. I was, you know, when I read this earlier today, <laughs> Stefan, I thought of you going, yeah, Stefan's yeah. going to like this. Go ahead and read that, buddy. This is great. That's it. So, once per session, before your character makes a skill check w- with boost dice in the dice pool. So if you what already have boost pool? dice. What in dice pool? Boost dice. There you go. <laughs> so once per session, if there's already boost dice in, in the dice pool, you can spend a story point and double the number of boost dice in the dice pool. <laughs> oh, you gave me two boost dice. All right, four. <laughs> however. However, come However, on. if... <laughs> So if you succeed, awesome. You'll get all all the goodness. But if you fail, then your character goes, oh no, I failed, and suffers six strain because of it. <laughs> and you have to completely lean back in your chair and throw your hand up like Stefan just did. Exactly. So, <laughs> no, you've been handed no. the fickle finger of fate. <laughs> and you have to go, no. What have I done to anger the gods? Well, that's exactly what you got to ask yourself. What did I do to anger the well, gods? Well, you didn't sacrifice. You didn't <laughs> sacrifice that third chicken when I wanted. Come on, <laughs> with the special sauce. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's great. Uh, yeah, mm. now that's the trickster. All right, that is a great. Mm. I love that one. That one's got a great flavor I, to it. I would personally, Odysseus as being you know a trickster, as opposed to Hercules, of course, being a demigod. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Even Sinbad would be a good trickster. Have you seen the animated, you know, I think it was a Disney, I don't know if it was Disney or someone else, DreamWorks, uh, of Sinbad. It was awesome. <laughs> Definitely. A long time ago, I think. long time ago. Yeah. I wa- rewatched it a little while ago, but yeah. Well, to go hand Definitely. in hand, oh, to go hand in hand with these archetypes, you mm-hmm. got to gear them up because it's really, it's really... It, I don't think being a demigod makes you a demigod. It's the weapons, the equipment you have, which 
really gives you that mythic flavor, and, right? Well, yeah, and we're not talking just the backpack with the iron pitons and the rations and the water skins. No, you don't no, need no. that shit. You don't need that shit. No. You just need... No, no, no. Uh, yeah, that's what right. you got that dumb trickster there to carry for you. <laughs> right. Well, that's a sidekick who carries that. <laughs> All these people who are like, oh, you're a, you're a demigod. Can I, can, I, can I travel with you? Yeah, carry my fucking food. Go, okay. go, you know, go Here's the range of the mule for dinner. <laughs> yeah. my, my mule is over there, okay? Right. Bring him over. That's, that's right. So, gear. Yeah. These are great. So, all of these things are ultra powerful and good and fun, but yes. we've got favorites. These are, of course, great we examples do. to start off. We do have favorites. Yes. So... Let's pick a favorite weapon. Okay. And uh, we'll start with uh, you, Chris. What you got, Holmes? You know, I must say, I'm loving the Ruyi Jingu Bang, the Chinese <laughs> thing oh, yeah. wielded by the Monkey Gang. Shapeshifter yes. trickster, buddy. Sold, stole the immortality from the inhabitants of the heavens. Basically, this basically what this is is a big ass measuring stick that measured the primordial sea, and you can hit somebody from extreme range with it. Oh yeah, <laughs> done. <laughs> I mean, fuck. And the thing is, what's really cool is that it's got defensive two, deflection two, knockdown. All right, he's at extreme range. Bink, gonna knock him down. All right, coming in his long range. Bink, knock you down. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's pretty interesting. It's a You've got, um, it's melee heavy, plus six damage, plus six damage. And if, uh-huh. you, and, you, and if it's a demigod, right, you're doing it, you're going to probably be doing at least ten damage to start with, right? Um, and the range is special because, well, from any range, um, the crit rating is four. No encumbrance on it, though, which is interesting as fuck. <laughs> When you read the special stuff below it, rarity 10, obviously. All these are priceless and almost rarity 10, all of them. Um, knockdown reinforced, meaning it can't be destroyed. And superior. So you're going to be getting that one extra advantage to knock people down as they're coming up next to you. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so basically you make a, you make a, make a combat at check. At, with somebody with extre- within st- extreme range, increasing a difficulty once for every range band beyond short. Um, and then, as an action, <laughs> get this, you can set it in place, set its size to any silhouette from 0 to 6. Yes, 0 to 6. And from, uh-huh. if we put that in perspective, a silhouette 6 would be a size of what? I don't have the table up. But that'd be like a starting big. Like a Star yeah, Destroyer or whatever? Yeah, pretty much. SDF-1. SDF-1, yeah. And then the encumbrance <laughs> of any value. And Now, this is encumbrance. This isn't weight. Encumbrance from one to a thousand. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Great. Okay, it's a little <laughs> heavy. Favorite. It's a little, <laughs> little heavy. It could be a little heavy. But anyways, that's kind of my favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great, nice. It's pretty awesome. What do you got, Tony? How about you, Stefan? Or how about you, Stephanie? Oh, oh well, you know, since I was a very, very young man, a very young boy, uh, growing up on comic books, I always loved Thor. Mm. So I love my big, blonde, burly men. Of course you <laughs> so do. So my favorite, 
for so of course Mjolnir is my favorite one. Cool. I mean, yeah, big honking hammer. Handles too short, unfortunately, because of damn Loki. But that's okay. I've got powerful gauntlets that I can still wield it. Throw it around; it comes back to me. So, <laughs> so Mjolnir, of course, the legendary hammer of the gods, the god of Thor, god of thunder, mm-hmm. has concussive too, cumbersome six. So yeah, you have to be really strong to lift it. <laughs> Reinforced, also undestructible, mm-hmm. and superior, and of course can be can be thrown. So in, in addition to being thrown, it has guided three, limited ammo one, but here, it's coming back, so who cares? <laughs> Very nice. Guided three? Oh, that's great. Well, yeah. I mean, the the, the, and the damage on it is plus eight. Well, so that's it. Guys, it's Mjolnir. I know I mean, it is. It's great. It was made to fight giants. And yeah. But the thing is, you get to increase your damage dealt by plus well, two per it. success. Well, that's it. So that's a special ability, plus... Two per success instead of just one per success. Yeah. So eight, Ouch. and you get only one success. Eh, plus two. <laughs> and when your character makes a ranged combat check with him, you can add to, you can spend to advantage or triumph to have it return. Of course. Of course. Nice. There. Back. All right, All right Tony. How about, about you? you, Tony? Well, I mean, Mjolnir would have been my favorite too, but uh, I for a secondary. I got to say the bow of Apollo is bad ass. So, <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Apollo's bow was said to be so accurate the god could not miss. In addition, the merest graze from an arrow could bring about a uh, bring on a terrible plague. That cool line. Uh, how does that come out <laughs> in mechanics? Well, first of all, you've got yourself this is a uh, ranged weapon. Um and of course, it's just ranged. It's not ranged heavy, ranged light. Um, damage ten. Oof. As much as Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah. I mean, it's damn. like a <laughs> thrown hammer. <laughs> Except for it don't go out to medium range. It goes out to extreme range. Well, yeah, it's a bow. Only has a crit of two. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's uh, reinforced, of course. Uh, because it can't be broken, as with all of these. Excuse me, they can't be destroyed, um, so they're all reinforced, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, unwieldy three, you gotta have that high agility to to, yeah. to wield it. Right. <clears throat> but the, the flavor text here, I love this. Or the, yeah. the 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 so before your character makes a combat check using the bow of Apollo, remove all setback dice from the pool. <laughs> That's <Yep>. great. <laughs> And when a character suffers a critical injury from the bow of Apollo, your character must choose. Okay? That's why the crit's so low, because you have to choose this crit. You must choose to inflict the debilitating illness critical injury Mm. if the target is not already suffering from that injury. Mm. So the very first one you have to take is debilitating illness. Right. Which is a hard severity three, um, uh, d- uh, critical, and the wound target's wound threshold and strain thresholds are halved until this crit is healed. Wow, that's yeah. nuts. <laughs> that's not damage. No, no, no that's no, just halved. Exactly. Well, that's it. So your hero that Whatever had maybe uh, 
like 25 uh, wound threshold now has 12, uh, 13. <laughs> right. Because you round up. Or maybe that, or maybe that, um, maybe that, uh, that minotaur or mm-hmm. that dragon that hasn't been seen ever, like Chinese dragon, kind of comes on over to the Greek area and whatever. It's got like 60 wounds, right? No, it's got yep. 30. <laughs> yeah. Right? Till it's healed. Till it's healed. Till it's healed. Till it's healed. But wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Those are epic. Nasty. And these are definite. So these are items that you go on these epic quests for to find. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could potentially start if you're doing a a one shot. Um, build your build your character. I was thinking about this earlier today. Is if you're going to be running a, a, a serious campaign in an age of myth. When you're creating these characters, they're going to be larger than life, obviously, right? But work with your GM on what do you what do you see this character going after, right? Like, what item are they going to be going after? And if it doesn't exist, create one. You know? Yeah. Why not? It's big damn well, hero it, you know, shit. <clears throat> Greek hero, the Greek myth, uh, pantheon has Hephaestus. He can create all kinds of magic. Uh, Heck Artifacts, yeah. you know. That's right. When he's not talking uh, to himself, which Norse. by the way, that was great. Oh. Bill Knightley and yeah, and Bill Nye, yeah, Bill Nye, and what is it in the Wrath of the Titans? Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> Wrath great. of the Titans. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, those are those oh, are the weapons. Um. Yeah. Now there's only three pieces of armor, but they gave us three really good examples. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, this first one, Aegis, is you know. The, yep. Armor of the gods, skin of the golden scales worn off one shoulder, the head of the gorgon attached to the front on the other. Now, granted, you know, the severed head doesn't turn people to stone anymore, but it still unleashes fear in your enemies. So yeah. when, you're we- when you're wearing this, um, allies get uh, a, one success to all di- discipline and leadership checks they make. And then uh, enemies have to make a daunting discipline check, fear check. Um, if they fail, they're immobilized <laughs> until the end of the round. Plus an additional round per threat. Yeah. And then if they succeed, they don't have to make the check again. But still, that's nasty. And well, if, they, nasty. If, they, if they succeed, they don't have to make the check again. If they fail, they can't move. move. That means they still have to make the check. That's, that's right. In that's, the future. That's right. They still do. <laughs> and, you know, this gives you a soak of three. Wow. Oof. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Oh. Encumbrance of three, which is you know makes sense, and then it's reinforced, can't be destroyed. So, um, no, exactly. Yeah, and you can reskin, and you can reskin this for your your own setting. If it's more of an Egyptian thing, replace the Medusa head by oh, the, the the symbol of Set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. This is just at least uh, guidelines. Mm-hmm. The green armor is really nice too, from the British. Kind of uh, British Isles, King Arthurian legends. Of course, some people have heard of the, of the Green Knight. Right. So it's a suit of heavy plate mail forged from some unidentifiable deep green metal. Some say, some places I read, maybe like fey metal, whatever it is. The armor uh, makes the wearer effectively immortal and invulnerable. Even if he loses their head or limbs, he, they can pick it up and reattach it. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> 
It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> and while we're wearing the green armor, critical injuries cannot be inflicted upon your character. And you have the bow of all? Eh, I've got the green armor. <laughs> right, and that's because in of the addition, next sentence. Right, that's because of the next sentence. Yeah. So that in addition, whenever your character suffers wounds, they suffer strain instead. Yeah, you have to wound somebody to crit them. So they're only taking yep. strain. You're not you're not critting them. So that's it. And if your strain exceeds the strain threshold, then they can uh, then they're not incapacitated. However, they must concede victory to the enemy and leave encounter as quickly as possible. All right, you're one. Bye. That's great. I love it. That's so knightly. Best in me, sir. <laughs> I can see in the battle to you. That's right. Continue on to that village and destroy them. I don't That's care. It. You've def- you've bested me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that it's got uh, defense of one and soak of four. Uh yeah. Two. yeah. Oof. That's it. <laughs> Alright, so last we have the yarn graper. Which are the the dwarves that phage the forged, not phaged, these um, <laughs> iron gauntlets for Thor, so that he would have the strength to wield his hammer one handed. Apparently, Thor, Thor was not born that strong. He had to have special uh, gauntlets made. Uh, even by themselves, the gauntlets can make the wearer into a fearsome weapon, greatly increasing the individual's arm and grip strength as well as protecting the hands and forearms uh, from harm. So while wearing Yarn Graper, your uh, character increases their brawn by two to a maximum of six. Wow, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Which means you have to buy another set of dice, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they provide a no soak, but they provide a defense that's ranged and melee. Of three, wow! But yeah. don't. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah. Though there's no soak on it, if you don't get hit, there's no reason to get soaked. You don't really need to apply no, soak, right? Exactly. <laughs> so they're like the the bracers of uh, Wonder Woman. Ting 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 ting. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> that's one way of looking. Now, at it. there's also several little pieces of gear here. The, it's all f- neatly flavored um, yeah. and and unique, yeah. and I don't think we. I mean, I don't think we need to read it. Is there anything you guys like that you wanted to mention? <laughs> the um, only thing. The only thing was the bag of wind. How um, okay. it was by Odysseus, right? But he lost it because his crew thought there were gold. There was gold in it. There was gold in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is greedy buggers. Such a freaking. <laughs> Greek tragedy there, man. I lost my bag yep. of wind. But, you That's know. it. <laughs> I lost my wind bag. Nope. <laughs> well, to, to, so when we talk about the mythic setting, we talk about mythic heroes, we talk about mythic, you know, the gods, but those gods have monsters that oh, they've yeah. created. And, um, mm-hmm. That obstacles that the heroes must overcome. Exactly. Now we're given a few, mm-hmm. and uh, I spotlighted the Gorgon mm-hmm. once before mm-hmm. on episode yeah. fifty in on the slab. So if you really want to, an in-depth view of the Gorgon and some ways to flavor it as mm-hmm. another type of creature, uh, go listen to that. 
I do have I have two interesting things to say about these an obver- observation I made of these five adversaries. Mm-hmm. How many do you think have yeah. the adversary talent? Um, I don't know what two. One of them. How many of these five <laughs> adversaries are minions? None. How many None of these of them. five That's adversaries? That- how many of these five adversaries are rivals? One. One. Only one. That should tell yeah. you something. <laughs> You got well, four nemeses here, <laughs> right? That well, you're that's fighting, it. that you guys are going to fight your, against. That's it. You're, those are your big bads. So even the lowest ranked big bad is still a rival. Exactly. <laughs> no, no minions in here. <laughs> exactly. I, ju- I just I, I I saw that and I thought that was that was interesting. No, and, in a heroic setting, if you're going to be facing minions. Uh, of any kind, they're going to be foot soldiers of uh, of a of an army type thing. Maybe an opposing yeah. army, or maybe they're bandits, yep. or something like that. You're not going to be talking about you know a bunch of goblins. You're not talking about no, a, no. A, a group of kobolds. You're not talking about a group of skeletons. No, maybe you even, are. Yeah, no, even a. Things. Even if you're if you're going up against the Minotaur, it is the Minotaur. You know, T H E cap all right. all caps. So you know, right. it's well. Speaking of him, let's go into it. Let's go into. Let's talk about the Minotaur here. Let's see. Okay. Um. Go ahead. They're monstrous abom- abomination, half man, half bull. Right. Lived in the labyrinth on Crete. Slain by Theseus. Got a brawn of five. Not surprising mm-hmm. there. A cunning and agility of three, intellect of two, a willpower and presence of one. Um, soak yeah. of eight. Wow. You're going to have to hit this thing pretty hard <laughs> to do something to it. A wound threshold of 18, granted a nemesis still, um, and a strain threshold of nine. No melee or range defense. Um, athletics, brawn, coercion, melee heavy, and perception for skills. Um, they have the bull rush ability, um, which uh, means no way. No, of course it's in the name, right? Yeah. Bull rush. <laughs> Spend an advantage or a triumph to knock your target prone or move them up to a one range band away. Um, they have a gore ability. Um, yeah. After making a successful check using its vicious axe, they could spend two advantage or a triumph to inflict one hit with its bloody horns. Um. Uh, dealing a base damage of one per, um, uh, what do you call it? Base damage plus one damage per um, success. So it'd be like six, I think. Yep. That's awesome. So you ju- they just inflict a hit. You don't, yep. like, roll the hit. They just will inflict that damage. Yep. Right. It's basically um, like dual wielding. Yeah. Yep. Um and then uh, their bloody horns, if you just want to attack with the horns, it's a brawl check. Damage six, crit three, concussive one, and knockdown. And then the Oof. vicious axe. Oh, I know, that's crazy. And then the vicious yeah. axe is a damage, is a melee heavy, obviously. Um, damage nine, crit three, um, and vicious three. Oh, ouch. Yeah, it's going to slice. <laughs> Wouldn't expect anything less from a yep. minotaur. the Minotaur. Oh, that's that's nasty. It is pretty nasty. Yeah, me personally, I like the siren. Mm. <laughs> the rival, by Gre- the way. Yes, the only rival in the group, mm-hmm. but the only one that you're more likely to have an ins- a social encounter with. Well, not not the only one, 
But anyhow, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you've got this uh, brawn, agility, intellect, cunning, willpower too. Average girl, you know. No. These beings were known to be captivating women that perched on rocks uh, and treacherous shores, singing with great supernatural skill to lure sailors to their deaths. Presence of four. Oof. Yeah. That's it. They're not they're not combat monsters. They're just going to be really, you know, captivating well, and charismatic. They can be combat monsters. But they're not going to be doing the damage. They're going to no. be convincing you to do it to yourself. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they got a brawl of three, charm of three, cool one, deception four. And then they got this really neat ability. No talents, by the way. The ability Siren's Song. Um, they make an opposed charm versus discipline, targeting one character within long range. If successful, the target must spend all of its available maneuvers, including spending an action to gain a second maneuver or suffering strain, to move into engaged range. The target may not combat, uh, may not make combat checks. Sorry, against this character targeting this character until after this character makes a combat check targeting them. And I would even suffice to say. They will walk through harm mm-hmm. to get to you. Oh yeah! They yeah, will walk off the of sirens. Cliffs. They will walk off the side of a ship. They will. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as long as the siren th- themselves don't attack, yeah, you're going to just move mm-hmm. through yeah. whatever you, you will know, fight hell or hard, wa- hard water. Absolutely, you'll, yeah, you'll exactly. fight off your buddies too. Well, when they mm-hmm. do fight, oh. They got some vicious claws. Yeah, they do. Brawl, damage four, crit two, range engaged, pierce three, vicious three. They got vicious Mm -hmm. claws. Yeah, they do. Sharp, (laughs) vicious claws. (laughs) I would even sometimes use despair if someone, you know, or, or the triumph of the siren, uh, or despair against the player if they roll. Even if the siren attacks, you know they don't. They don't. They just let themselves be attacked until the next, the next round. You know, <laughs> it takes you a while to snap out of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Round Never later. know. <laughs> Is there another one you wanted to mention, Stefan? Well, you, we already mentioned that you reskinned and talked about a lot about the Gorgon. Of course, there's the Jinn uh, from Arabian Nights kind of legend. So the smokeless. Uh, the one being a smokeless fire, where you know, powerful muscular torso, but ephemeral below the waist. You know, yeah, throws space. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Tapers off to a tiny little lamp, uh, <laughs> but still has awesome, phenomenal cosmic powers. <laughs> so he's very powerful. You know, two brawn, three agility, but five intellect and cunning. Oof. Two willpower, three presence. So nothing about below a two. Soak value of two, eh. but wound threshold twenty and strain twenty, as well as two defense, melee and uh, uh, ranged. Some good skills: charm, coercion, deception, perception, all at three, and then divine, which is their arcane ability. 
uh, knowledge, range attack, and vigilance at four. Wow. That's pretty good. Wow. Adversary two. Because, mm-hmm. you know, phenomenal cosmic powers. Right. <laughs> Since they don't have legs, well, you know, they fly everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of ghostly. They can move over or through terrain, including doors and walls. Like, eh, whatever. They have the damage of anything attacking them uh, before applying soak. And unless the attack came from a magical source, such as a spell or a legendary weapon, uh, then they have uh, their spirit. They don't need to eat, uh, breathe, drink, etc. Almost like a, a construct. Well, that's good because they've been trapped in a fucking lamp. Well, that's right? it. You know, <laughs> there has to be some advantage just to living in a tiny little lamp. <laughs> Smelling your own farts that much? Oof. Mm. Yeah, better smell like roses. <laughs> And spells, well, you know, they can choose any magi- any magic action allowed for the divine spells, uh, divine skill, and may select additional spell effects as normal. So, and the spell they often use is is called the Eye of the Jinn. So he chooses one target at, one target at medium range, makes an average dis- divine check, sorry, and if successful, until the end of the character's turn, the target makes a check. Uh, this character may choose one type of die in the pool and re-rolls any of the die of that type. And then they can sustain that effect of the spell by performing simply a concentrate maneuver. So, you roll a triumph? No. All your your, your ability dice are... Uh, no, I'm changing those. You know, <laughs> I don't want you to get a triumph. <laughs> And then as equipment, well, they've just got their, almost like their innate range attack of lightning and flame. Range attack of damage 8. Ouch. Critical 3, medium range, auto fire, nice. burn 4. <laughs> and then you just throw in any kind of enchantment, enchanted trinkets you want them to, to have. You know? <laughs> Something that increases their soak? Yeah, not a problem. Something that throws sand in someone's eyes, you know, reducing any boost eyes they might have? Not a problem. (laughs) They can have pocket sand? Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) They get stuff that removes boost eyes from uh, people who asked for them too much. (laughs) Right. Or those tricksters, so they can't double them. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And suffer 12 strain instead of 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, yeah, the last one we had was the Corrigan, which I mean, I'm it's just a more pumped up, nasty version of the Siren, really. Yeah, um, kind of a yeah. will o' wisp kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool, honestly, when you think about it. Setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for doing like a one shot. Uh, not. A, not a bad thing. Yeah, no, like for example, the gin. You know, now that the, the expanded players guide, they've they've got those challenge ratings. You know, as combat challenge rating of nine, social six, and overall nine again. So yeah, something that's pretty powerful. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know I am. I backed the uh, the Kickstarter for the Odyssey of the Dragon Lords, which is a five um, E thing, which is basically mm-hmm. an epic epic storyline of just this kind of a, a Greek 
um, Age of Myth type of um, of campaign, and yeah, running something in Genesis for that would be pretty pretty easy to do. This yeah. cool. This is really cool. A lot of very good, nice. so a lot very... of good nuggets in here. Yep, sure. definitely. To make so the Age go. of Meats. Age of Meat, yeah. you're going to be handing to figure myth, that out. Myth, myth, <laughs> myth. Myth, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, dude. Going to randomly roll well, the Age of Meat. You keep making that same myth mistake. <laughs> Speaking of meat, pretty sure there's something warming on the slab. Welcome to our next segment of On the Slab. In this segment, Tony chooses an adversary from one of the books, and we will dissect it bit by bit. What's on the slab today, Tony? <laughs> well, very nice, very nice. Um, well, no, I, I wanted to discuss making creatures mythic for your age of myth. Um, and there's there's a couple of key ways to do that. Uh, I've chosen one, um, and I've chosen a couple of abilities that are pretty mythic abilities that you can give. If you go to the uh, adversary section of the Expanded Player's Guide, and there's little bits that we're going to find. The creature itself is on page 88, the creature I chose, which is going to be the Venomous Snake. Various different myths have a giant serpent, a giant snake, a mythic uh, hisser, so to speak. Mm. Oh, mythic um, hisser, sweet. Um, and uh, what, what does that entail? Well, how do we make one? So we were given one in the adversary section, so I decided, you know what? I want to beef one up. So we start off with the venomous snake. It's a wimp. Sorry, but it is. It's a silhouette zero critter. Venomous state snakes hunt small game. Their poisonous bite is effective to deterring predators, but eh, not really oh. scary. You know, no, with that. If you're playing a low fantasy, you know, just basic horror kind of thing, okay, some snakes. Oh, why did it have to be snakes? But right. <laughs> if you're playing One Hercules and Odysseus. <laughs> One venomous snake? It's mm. nothing. Give me nope. a room full of snakes. Now I'm Indiana Jones climbing the walls. Get yep. me out of here. Exactly. All right. But. Swarm. <laughs> these things, they didn't have a lot. They only had uh, ones in uh, brawn, intellect, willpower, presence, soak. Uh, they have some range defense because of their camouflage, natural camouflage. And uh, that gives them two uh, range defense. Uh, they got some decent skills. Brawl 2, Coercion 2, Perception 2, Survival 2, no talents. They have this neurotoxin. Now, the neurotoxin is if, if this creature inflicts a wound with a combat check, uh, the target must make a hard resilience check. And upon failure, the target suffers five wounds. That's not soakable. Mm. They suffer five wounds. Yeah. And plus one strain per threat. 
Despair means the target must make another resilience check, same difficulty, or start at the start of their next turn, suffer the same amount. As, as, the, as the poison keeps going. Pretty nasty. Woof. Yeah. And they've got some nasty little fangs. Only do damage to, crit five, pierce two, wow. nasty little fangs to deliver that punch. Yep. Mm-hmm. But how do we make it mythic? Well, if you go back to page 76, um, where they've got these little, um, I don't know what you'd call them. They're little categories, little boosts that you can give to some of your um, adversaries. Mm-hmm. And if, by choosing a couple of these, we, have, we can beef this puppy up. <clears throat> so first thing I'm going to do is I said I wanted it to be a giant serpent. So I'm going to go right to giant body. That is going to instantly give it an additional 25 wounds. So now my critter's up to 29 wounds because it had four. Nice. Um, It's going to boost its power levels, yes. It's also going to be silhouette three or higher. (laughs) So now it's a silhouette three snack. From silhouette two to silhouette three. From silhouette zero. 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 That's right. Zero. (laughs) To to three. From a little garter snake to to a Buick. (laughs) Now, the other thing, you know, because there's three ways that you're going to make this mythic. Number one, make it big. If you know all of the Greek myths, all of the Norse myths, all of the the big, big myths, the big monster. It's a, or a big animal. You know, your dire animal stories, many of them come from mythology. Um, Second thing you're going to do is, oh, sorry, I've got a, a, making it big. I also wanted it to be a little tougher, I should say. Yep. And so I chose to give it tough skin. Mm. Um, So at the very top of that column in uh, table 211, or what is that? 11.2-2. Uh, tough skin. It's going to increase its soak by one, give it an additional two wound threshold, and uh, that just beefs it up a little bit, um, letting it soak an extra amount here. Um, so that, that 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 gives it those tough scales, so to speak. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, so now your creature's wounds are up to thirty-one, which is nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. The last thing is um, I liked the fact that it was camouflaged, but I wanted it to be also a little bit more defensive. So I went down and I gave it the close combatant also. Um, And uh, I increased its melee defense by two. Nice. As simple, simple there. Now, that's not all the modifications I've done. Mm -hmm. The next step in making it mythic is to make it terrifying you want it to be a scary looking monster there's that moment in all of the mythic movies where the monster comes out and everybody stares in horror that's because they're all terrifying so on page 80 uh, you've got the uh, adversary special abilities and uh, the very bottom one Simple enough. Terrifying. At the start of the encounter, all opponents must make a hard fear check 
as an out-of-turn incidental. Uh, per the Genesis uh, fear rules on, pay, on the core rulebook of page 243, and if there are multiple sources of fear in the encounter, the opponents only have to make one fear check against the most terrifying. So now it's got this ability. That's in and of itself a big nasty serpent. That could be pretty <laughs> nasty. But there's one last element that makes it mythic. And that is, it has to be unique. So, this is where you, as a GM, tweak it just a little bit, add your own little flair to it. And I've tweaked its stats a little bit by increasing its brawn because it's not the little tiny snack anymore. Nope. It's big snack. So, I increased its brawn up to four from uh, one. Uh, I increased its agility uh, a little bit. And I increased its cunning because this thing's been around a while. So you kind of you kind of use your own eyeball eyeballed that right? You didn't use the characteristic. You didn't really use the the arrays on this other table, right? No, I didn't go to any arrays. I used my. You can go do an array if you want to completely right. rewrite their stats. Go yeah. grab an array that you like and toss it in there. Mm -hmm. That is and that is a way to do that. I just went. You know what? I want to tweak it for my own personal right. feel. Yeah. Okay. Then I thought, you know what? Those fangs are nice, but um, you need it unique. And this is makes it, it unique. unique. This makes it unique, dude. <laughs> what you added to this. And so <laughs> I thought, well, what makes a instead of having a rattle on the end of its tail, it's got all these nasty spines on the end of its yeah. tail oh, that it fuck. can just shoot at someone. And those spines give it a ranged attack. Therefore, I had to give it some ranks in the range skill. So, two ranks go. in the range skill. And then I wrote up the attack. The attack, it has to be comparable with a bidding hit with a spear. That's these, these spines are the size of a spear. Right. So, oh, yeah. I picked the damage of a spear. I gave it a critical of four because you're not really going to want to crit with it. No. Um, oh, damage is bad enough, yeah. Goes out to medium range. I gave That's it cool. because it's a bunch of spines being fired at one area. I gave it auto fire. That's cool, dude. And mm -hmm. then it takes a few minutes for the spines to grow back. Therefore, we gave it slow firing too to give people hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that they won't come back for a while. <laughs> That's nice. So the slow firing is that two rounds or is that two maneuvers? That I is two full rounds. Two full that rounds. Two rounds. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, prepare one, is prepare is when it's when it maneuvers. So Correct. so so then round one it'll fire it, round two mm -hmm. and three, uh, they're regenerating, and then round four mm -hmm. fire again basically. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Dude. So yeah, giving this, them um, some giving this, them some hope until they just no, we still haven't been that, and the and the spikes are coming up again. No. I love this picture you get you put in this in the, in the document yeah. too, man. And those and spikes at the last, end. On the end of it. Oh, One last little thing I gave it, and that 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 is that I wanted this to be for our advantageous threats in a bit. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, Chris, Stefan, I did it originally did not have this, but Chris and Stefan are talking about how much XP they're giving their characters over <laughs> the yeah. the last couple of days. They're like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make my character this XP. Well, hundred. No, I started at hundred, but. 
fuck, you can't do anything. I wasn't here. Okay, bro. so nope, oh, nope, he's going up to two hundred. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. nope, nope, he's going to two fifty. But yeah. anyhow, <laughs> so I went. All right, this thing's got adversary too. Nice. <laughs> all right, <laughs> dude. That's just how I leveled up my monster. You know what? I didn't have to make it more powerful. Just give it some. No, adversary. That's right. Adversary can be pretty good. Yeah. If these nice guys had been blanket level, ability, if they've been lower level, lower XP, yeah, I probably wouldn't have given it adversary. Mm. So that's great. But this is yeah. it's a way to take a creature, <laughs> modify it, put it on the slab, cut bits off, throw some more bits in, that's hammer right. it a few times with your godly hammer, and make yeah. it into a monstrosity. That's right. That's it. You know, for things. example, like uh, reminds me of uh, Hercules again. You know, with he fought the the Nemean lion. Take a normal lion and just beef it up. You know, yeah. so strong that only person like Hercules could, could defeat it. <laughs> right. That's All cool. Right. Well then, yep. If it was very cool. I have a feeling that our uh, we might be seeing this creature pretty soon. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it'll it'll rear it'll rear its ugly head <laughs> soon. All right, let's and get its on tail to as well. Let's get on to that then. <laughs> All right then. Welcome to Advantageous Threats, where we build roll and narrate the die results on some sample skill checks for our entertainment and hopefully a couple of yours. Um, I, Tony, will be GMing our heroic champions, Stefan and Chris, uh, well, they're characters. Um, (laughs) I will be GMing kind of a mythic theme here. Mm -hmm. So, um, Let's uh, let's first meet the characters before I lay out the scenario. Go ahead, Stefan. So, all right. So I am playing the very tricksy, very cunning Emilia Barra, uh, trickster uh, archetype. She was the. Daughter of a very famous warrior princess uh, called Zena. Uh, unfortunately, she was busy doing all of her requests, so she left uh, Emilia to be raised by some strangers. Nice. So she had to rely on her own cunning to, to survive, but she was still blessed with uh, that noble bloodline. Uh, so she is a skilled archer and was able to... Uh, Come about the uh, the bow of Artemis, as well as the panoply of the great huntress. Oh my! Yes, so it's a combination of leather armor and cloak that helps her on uh, on her missions. Cool. What about you, Chris? Well, I am playing Neoptolemus, the son of Achilles. He's a demigod. Very nice. He is. He's a demigod. He was an Englishman. No. Um, so he's, uh, <laughs> you know, so taking those 250 earned XP, um, I bumped his brawn up to a five and chose to leave his cunning at a one, like I said, and bumped his willpower to a three. Nice. Um, obviously took some more ranks in athletics, 
Um, melee light. I he pictured him as being like the ultimate like melee guy, right? Because he's wielding Granddaddy's sword, the sword of Peleus, <clears throat> um, which gives which we had. I don't think we talked. We didn't say we didn't talk about that in the. Um, we did not in the show, but it is uh, defensive two, um, reinforced sunder, and superior. Um, and basically, this weapon allows him. This is right out, right out of the book. There. Oh crap! I wasn't. I'm not on the right page. Basically, whenever he take, he doesn't take wounds when he's wielding this sword. He'll take two strain instead if he gets hit uh. by an attack. He'll take two strain. Mm. <clears throat> Boom. Okay. Now he also has um, the shield of Achilles. Um, and this is I made this up. I basically took a regular shield and tried to make it quote unquote mythic. So I gave it reinforced because you know can't be broken, right? Um, it does have the defensive. Def- and deflection qualities of a shield, one in each. Knocked down as well. Removed the um, inaccurate and gave it superior, because it's a superior shield. It's a kind of an extension of the arm, right? Um, and I did give it a crit value of, um, of five instead of six. So, like, it could crit as easy as, like, a shield one larger. Feels a bit more like a hero's shield. Nice. So, um, yeah, so Neoptolemus is the son of Achilles and the princess um, Diamina in the Greek mythology. So, um, that's who I'm playing. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, gentlemen, heroes, gentlemen, and ladies, sorry, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) heroes, champions, king. Hargaman has has tasked you with procuring the venom of the great Thrygian viper. And in doing so, you uh, whatever reason, we got to come up with a good reason for uh, for two of you to have been brought onto this quest. You don't need one. You're heroes. No. We are That's heroes. <laughs> and heroes hunt monsters. That's what they do. So, our heroes, having previously quested to procure a vial of the infamous elixir called the Badger Honey (laughs) from the High Alchemist of Narimathea, a elixir which will negate the venom of the Thrygian Viper. Ooh. Ah. We've got to drink it. Mm. One of us has to drink it, or can we both? Ah, but there's only one elixir. Ah. <laughs> well, I don't know. What do you think? And so you have traveled far into the mountains mm-hmm. where you come to this misty vale. Nice. And supposedly this is the misty vale of the Thrygian Viper. Nice. Mm-hmm. Sword and shield are out. Okay, so. The, so I said, yes, Amelia has been Amelia has been scouting. Yeah, <laughs> Amelia has been scouting the area uh, ahead of new 
that's why she's with uh, the son of Achilles. Because he doesn't know his way around the forest, but she does. Nice. Yeah, I'm playing okay. Neo, everybody. Neo. <laughs> For sure. So, uh, yeah, you guys, uh, there's this misty veil spread out before you. Right. Rock outcroppings mm. coming up out of the mist almost look as if they're statues of snakes. Effigies to the great serpent rise in the mist, making it very difficult to determine where the creature is or is it yet another stone statue. They are made mm. out of a strange, pale, greenish rock that you've never seen before. comes from the Far East called Jade. Mm. But I think we may be getting close. We might. You know, I um, I tell you, you drink the elixir. All right, if you if you insist, I do. Just be the wary hero that I am. I insist. She nudges. She nudges some something on the on the ground that looks uh, 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 weird. It's like, see, the, the husk of of a skin of a snake. It may have shed its skin and become even bigger now. Oh, good. All the better. So we may be getting closer. Hey, they will tell our stories forever. All right, all right. So she drinks the uh, the honey badger uh, serum. The badger uh, honey. Badger honey. honey, Sorry. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so, our two trepid, intrepid heroes. (laughs) Yes. uh, Enter the mist. And it isn't long before you right hear in. the slithering of scales on stone. Ooh. But it echoes all around you. Make a vigilance check to all determine right. the location of the serpent. And we will use the creature's uh, uh, stealth, or sorry, agility as the uh, as difficulty here because it doesn't have any ranks in stealth. Okay. So that's going to be three purple. Three purple. Alrighty then. Right. Yep. I have a net two successes. Alright. So you echo locate it. Maybe using your shield. Yes. As it resonates off the off the rocks around us, and I'm like, take aim. Aim. There's um <sighs> to the <laughs> To the east, or to, no, to the to the right of our position. I hear it. I hear it approaching. Amelia, what did you have? Unfortunately, Amelia might be still reeling from the after effect or the aftertaste of the badger honey. Nice. No, no successes. Four threat. Yes. <laughs> so no successes. Four threat. Is that yeah. is exactly it? She's she hears Neo speaking to her, but it sounds. <laughs> His voice is slow and Charlie Brown's teacher off in the distance kind of <laughs> sounding. <laughs> nice. And when suddenly from the mist rises a tail. Yep. Bristling with spikes. Nice. And everyone roll. Uh, I will be rolling cool for the serpent and you okay. will be rolling vigilance for initiative. All right. Three and two. Three point two for me. Three point two. 
Zero point two for me. Three point two. Zero point two. And I'll mm-hmm. sit smack dab in the middle with one point two. Ha ha. Nice. nice. So Well alrighty then. Well, first comes- player may yeah. react. That'll be I me. think it makes sense that it be Neil. Yep. Go ahead. That's right. So I will move up to the thing. And um I will be berserking because you know what? It's what he does, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, so this is gonna be a big mitt full of dice. I have Yes it is. I have five yellow. And I get to add a success and three advantage to this roll because one first being superior and then berserking and then because I am berserking you get a free um, success on me whenever you attack me. So. Okay. So I will close, and I believe that is a maneuver to do that. So I'll take, I guess I'll have to take two strain. All right. As you get close to its body, you see that it's the thickness of its body is almost as tall as you. Nice. As And th- you now see its head mm-hmm. just below the tail swirling in the mist as it's back and forth as preparing to strike now it is going to be melee difficulty so two purple automatically did you want me to make a a sphere check first the terrifying uh, or you know what i'll have you both make that now make that now because it may affect this roll yeah terrifying which is what you'll do okay so then yep that's a hard fear check, so that's correct. Hard oh, discipline. Way, did you um? Did you take my um, my my story point to start this encounter because of my tragic I did. fate? <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> I did. So currently, the story point pool sits at two on the GM side and one on the player side. <laughs> that's right. Let's see. So I have, and this is discipline, right? Yeah. So three yep. yes, yellow. Sir. So three yellow versus three purple. Um. And I am a feared with two threat. So I All right. It by one, so, so I failed it. Wash it. Yeah. So I failed with two threat. So you're going to. We'll get into that. Uh, how'd Amelia do? Amelia did, unfortunately, not too good either. Two failures and one threat. All right. So the threat is going to be you're going to take two strain. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now. Neo, you are going to add... So we're going to start with the difficult... I'm going to start throwing in the uh, dice now. Got it. Uh, in your, so you got two purple for melee. Those are immediately upgraded for adversary. Two. Adversary two, right? Yes, adversary yep. two. So got you're going to have two red. Yep. You're going to have two setback dice for its melee defense. Yep. You're going to have one setback die for the fear failed check. Okay. One additional setback, Jai, on this round because you're peeing yourself a little bit. Wait a second. One one setback die. That's your two threat on your discipline check there. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And the last setback die is due to the mist. Ooh. Alrighty then. Okay. So now, I have okay. Also, mm-hmm. one last thing. It's silhouette three. Your silhouette one. I get throw in another boost die. Throw in a boost die. Sweet. All right. So I moved. 
I'm, and I'm going to aim. Oh no, no, I did my my berserking attack. Okay. Yes, you did. So this is uh this is uh three challenge dice. Oof. No, sorry, five challenge dice, five <laughs> setback dice, a a boost die, and two challenge dice or two um not challenge yeah. dice. You know what I mean? Yes. Profi- you had five it right. proficiency dice. Whatever. <laughs> okay. This is going to be pretty good, I hope. All right. Uh, Oof. Darn it, I missed. Um, I missed in the miss. But I got a triumph. Whoosh. I got a triumph and four advantage. All right. You missed Which to hit means, the snack, but yes. there's all these jade statues in the area. Or perhaps you wave your shield and clear the mist with an epic whoosh. Yes. What do you want there? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna spend three advantage to clear the mist with my sh- with my shield. Mm-hmm. And I am also going to um, I actually chinked its armor. Um, and I'm going to ignore its melee defense for the next round. So when you hit triumph. it with your sword, yeah. Okay, when you hit it with your sword, your sword just hits the scales and rakes across them, and the scales flip up, exposing its belly beneath. There Uh-oh. we go. That's it. And that was for my triumph, and that's it. It's turned. Excellent. <laughs> so, the creature has reared its ugly head, and it has its spines, and it just mm. aims its tail directly down at you, Neo, and. Sh- all it shakes its tail and rain of spines come down at you. Nice. So we're going to have attack. Yes, it's going to be uh, at short range, essentially, because it's way up in the air, the tail. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is one purple difficulty. What is your range defense? My range defense is one. I am two silhouettes okay. smaller than it, so that'll add another. Another. That adds another setback die. Or setback die. Yep. Yep. So I'm currently looking at a two yellow, one green, one purple, two black pool. It took the round beforehand to aim. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it will also aim a second time, and then I'm going to be spending my one of my GM story points to upgrade oh, wait a second. my third die Shit. to I a yellow. To, I forgot to add my berserking to my chest. Okay. I did hit it. Go ahead. Alright, well. Mm. You did it wrong. I did it wrong, <laughs> but I did hit it. Okay. So, uh... Eight damage. We won't unspend how you did your Correct. threats. Or your advantage and your triumph. Mm-hmm. But how much damage did you do? I did eight. Okay. It has a silk of five, so it takes three. Sweet. Okay. And um, so I'm looking at a three yellow, two blue, two black, one purple pool. Are you happy? Um, why don't you flip the story point here? Because it's epic stuff, man. I'm fighting a big-ass snake. <laughs> okay. Here it comes. Uh, grab that, purple, that red die. I took it out. All right. Here it is. 
Ah! Oh! Uh, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. No. <laughs> um, so I am left with two successes and four advantage. Nice. So I'm I'll going take, to... I'll take two strength. For the first hit. Then I will activate auto-fire and hit you a second time. I'll take two more strength. And then I'll activate auto-fire and hit you a third time. And I'll take two more strength. <laughs> All right. Ow! <laughs> and now I can't use the tail for two rounds. Nice. That's good. So, yeah, with All that, right. it didn't, roll, didn't do damage, didn't do any wounds to me, but I did stay strain. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Amelia, you have yet yes. to go. Yes, so Amelia, mm-hmm. now that the mist has cleared a little bit, she sees her target a bit more. Oh, yeah. And that some kind of opening in the scales has shown up. She will use one of her talents as a maneuver, suffers a strain for it, of parkour. She runs up some of the statuary <laughs> and places herself in a more strategic position to to get a a good bead on it. So maybe she gets a boost eye for it? Oh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't I know. Suppose. I'm asking. He's a trickster. He's a trickster. She's Trixie. She's Trixie. And then she'll make her, uh, her ranged attack with her bow of Artemis. Of course, she has uh, precision, which means she can use her cunning of five instead of her agility. Oh, nice. <laughs> awesome sauce. Mm-hmm. And maybe eventually, uh, yeah, if maybe hopefully she'll be able to able to use her exploit talent as well. We'll see if with a successful uh, attack that may, may ensnare it. Nice, right? So we'll see. All right, so, let's so build your positive pool. Build the pool back up to the bow of Artemis. So a nice. Uh, Pool of uh, one ability dice and four uh, proficiency, or is it the reverse? Funny. Anyway, four yellows, one green. And since her weapon is superior, already starts with an advantage. Correct. And And I see here the weapon is accurate, too. Yep, so one, two accurates. And of course. You somehow convinced me to give you yet a third. That's it. But I don't have any story points, so I can't double the number of boosts. Uh, no, actually, you do. There is one story point right now. Oh, yep. I thought we only had the one. No, he oh, no, one. Two. Yeah, we had two, technically. Mm, all right. I'm so, tracking it. You have all right. one. All right, so I'll spend it to double the number of boost points for my uh, <laughs> two clever by far. <laughs> so adding now, three more. Fate yes. is in your hands. However, yes. I have three story points on the Yes, I know. Yes, you do. So, so I don't know. Off, my, buddy, base... my buddy's rolling with some six freaking boost dice. Yeah. Six boost dice. That's right. <laughs> so what's that? At least the base difficulty would be a short range. Yep. So two purple. But we're upgrading it because it's adversary two, right? Correct. Okay. 
Wait, wait, wait. No. Short range, uh, would short make range it. is one oh, purple right. normally. We're upgrading twice, so it's going to be one of each. Yeah, okay, one okay. One perfect. Mm-hmm. That's it, so make sure to get everything straight. <laughs> it, it has defense, I believe. Range defense of two. All right, two black. And up here where you are, the mm. mist is not cleared away. If you had ah. stayed on the ground where your friend has cleared the mist with a swipe of his shield, right. you might not have had that effect. But here, oh. the mist is swirling. Uh-huh. And another setback die. All right, fair enough. Nice. All righty. And so. now, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're standing on a statue, you hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to <laughs> flip a GM story point. Aha. Uh-huh. To upgrade that ability, that uh, purple? And uh, the sole purpose of, with a despair, I'm going to trigger a surprise. Aha, if any. All righty. So we're sitting in a nice big pool right there. All right, let's roll it. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we've got... That's, two that's su- happy noises. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> two successes. Nine advantages. Holy <laughs> Crap. And a triumph. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How much so, damage is that? So two, nine, and one. All right. So let me just go back to my character sheet. And her her bow being doesn't fire normal arrows. It's when she pulls the string, it's a greenish energy arrow. So even if she had missed, it could have been guided back into their possible target. But she hit. But she did hit. So that's a total of eight damage. I will soak. Is that any pierce? Uh, no piercing, but it has a crit three. So I think I'm going to, I might activate crit. That yeah. And only take three more wounds. All right. The oh, beast sits I will... at 25 right. of its 31 I, wounds. I did it. Oh. I did intend to, to use his, her exploit at rank two. So when she makes a range attack, she can suffer two strain to add the ensnare quality to the attack, which will last okay. two rounds. Okay. So that adds that quality. She can use two advantages to activate that, okay. uh, that ability. And then leaving her with seven advantages. Oh. So we'll, of course, use at least three to activate a crit. Okay. Another three to add another crit, so basically plus ten. Plus ten. And the triumph, plus ten again. Okay, so roll a crit at plus twenty. There you go. So there we go. Go back to the dice pool, which is nice, live. There we go. Numbered. I want the numbered one. There we go. And plus thirty. Oh, no, plus 20, sorry. It's not boost dice. You can't just automatically assume you have max. (laughs) (laughs) So base base 27 plus 20, 47. 47. Mm -hmm. Headringer. The target increases the difficulty of all intellect and cunning checks by one until the critical is healed. So your arrow shot hits it in the skull and you see it shake and venom just goes flying from its jowls. Catch it! Catch it! 
Yep. <laughs> and that is it for round one. I do have one advantage. Left? I do have one advantage left, so I would oh. send a boost die to the next character acting. Nice. Okay. Do you want to do a round two, or do we want to leave it as a cliffhanger? Oh, let's do one more. One more? Right. Sure. Why not? Round two! Oh. Epic. Go ahead. This is Chris. Epic. I'll go. Sure, I'll go, and I'll add yeah. that boost guy. There we go. I am going to be activating defensive maneuvers, taking three strain. Okay. So you'll be upgrading melee checks three times to hit me. Whoosh! Yeah. Good. All right. And then um, got rid of the mist. Got rid of the melee defense, and right. I'm no and, longer and feared, the snake, right? No, and the snake is ensnared as well. Okay, it can't move. Cool. And then, um, so how many boost dice, or how many setback dice do I have on that? It was five. Uh, I'm counting just one more, but I can't think of for what. The base two defense, at least. So it's two defense. Uh, the fear. Is the that fear. continuing because I failed? Yeah. For the encounter, I got it. Okay. Yeah, sounds yeah, you get one setback die for the entire encounter. Got it. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, all right. So I have one setback die, a boost die, um, two challenge dice, five proficiency dice, and some advantage, and a success. Three, three advantage, and and a success to be added to this as well. All right, here we go. Unless you want to do anything to the pool. Uh. Well, Shall no, I? no, okay. Okay then. All right, those cancel there. So I am set with um two successes, seven advantage. All right, Oosh. two successes will do. Um. That'll do nine, nine damage on it. All right, it will soak uh, five of that, taking four more. It's taken ten wounds thus far. Nice. Okay, so of my oh, seven, it's wounds. Nice. So of my seven advantage, I will activate crit twice on it to add ten percent. So add twenty percent on a crit. Okay. Let me roll the crit. 37, 57. 57 is Agonizing Wound. The target increases the difficulty of all brawn and agility checks. Nice. Increase. Nice. So I will heal three strain with the rest of those three advantages because, all right, I'm ready. I'm defensive now. I'm getting ready to go. And with my triumph, I would very much like to activate the sunder quality of my sword and potentially hack off a few of those spines of his tail so he can't auto fire maybe i don't know okay worth a triumph um sure so the tail after it fired at you it dips down just within reach Mm -hmm. and you take that greek warrior stance mm-hmm. defensive stance behind the shield lead forward you stick a thrust into its gullet under into its belly underneath the scales that you left exposed last turn and on your backswing whoosh, you hack off the new newly growing spines 
Nice. Maybe delays it around or something like that. Sure, sure. To prepare, whatever. So wait. All right. All right. Your the turn. creature will <laughs> roar. Oh, well, it's a big hiss. It's... <laughs> it we spare no expense for special effects on the show. <laughs> it looks at the two of you and lunges at Amelia. Oh, no. Greet <laughs> oh. is going to strike out at Amelia. Good thing. All right. Hopefully scoring a triumph. So this <laughs> is a brawn plus brawl. So I'm looking at four dice now. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your... Oh, sorry. Uh, melee, it's going to be three purple because I add difficulty to brawn checks. Yep. Okay. Uh, what is your melee defense? She has two thanks to her uh, panoply of the great huntress armor okay. and cloak. I will take and, my maneuver to aim that shot. Right. That's true. And I will use my out-of-turn incidental suffer two strain with my dodge ranked at two ranks of dodge and upgrade that that twice. Excellent. Okay. As she leaps from one statuary to another. Nice. nice. All right. Well, the creature is aiming at your feet specifically, whatever that mm. means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm dropping one of my green dice and upgrading by spending a GM story point. Nice. That's okay. So That's okay. She's been practicing so, her samba, so. So, <laughs> just so you know, the pool sits at players two, GM one. Would you like to do anything to the pool? Uh, yeah, because you know we're 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 retrieving this valuable poison. She'll spend a story point because you know they have to succeed. Yes. Okay. Here goes. Mm-hmm. Um. No despair, but I don't think I hit. Uh (laughs) All right. Um, That cancels that. That cancels that. Yep, I'm left with two failures and one two advantage. So for my two advantage, this strikes the the ground at your feet. And you slide down the pillar. You still keep your feet, but you right. lose your high ground. Aha. Nice. That's okay. And the pillar shatter. It just it it doesn't shatter, but it it shakes. And you, I'd I'd like you both to make a perception check. All right. Fair oh, enough. Perception. One green die. Two advantage. <laughs> All right. What's the difficulty? Um, sorry. Uh, two purple. All right. Average, normal. All right. Ooh, two successes, three advantage. When you were sliding down the side of that statue, it's yep. not actually doing the Legolas thing. It's not made of jade. Oh. It's almost like it's made of glass and filled with serpents. Ooh. More snakes. Oh, no. <laughs> Hundreds of tiny little vipers. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And now you look around you, and you're surrounded by hundreds of those statues filled with tiny mm. vipers. Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> okay. Your turn. All right, Amelia. All right. Yes, Amelia will try to. Maybe she can take down Mama Snake once and for all. So she will take aim as she's sliding down. All right. So let's see here. Whoops. Character is all coming. So she's got a few abilities. Oh, I should have passed, passed boost dice on to my trickster. Like a crap ton of them. <laughs> so you could double them up. <laughs> well, I, I can only do that once once per session anyway. So. Oh, well, then there we go. But, but as long That's okay. As long as you have one uh, story point, I might use my lucky strike. Ooh. Oh. Which, Let me guess. You mean it to your brawn? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Cunning, I think it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So go back here. Where's my ability? Do, 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 do. There we go. Pull back the bow and. Let fly! Yes, let fly. So again, one red, one purple as a base. Range uh, defense, add one setback die for fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the two two bows for accurate. And I will spend a story point. Well, well I can wait until I see if I strike. Actually, um, yeah. yeah. So there we go. I will be spending a GM story point to upgrade. All right. Because of uh, that fear of yes, yes. missing oh, now. Snakes. If you hit the glass oh and shatter mm-hmm. it, what would happen? That's it. And I will keep my story point expenditure in case I choose my talent. Okay. All right. So let's go. And ooh, okay. So <laughs> Tony, Tony will still like this. Four successes, three advantages, and a despair. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, I will still spend my story point to you add my cunning to the damage. Okay. So with four successes... Base damage six, that's ten, plus another five, fifteen damage. All right, she'll soak five of that, taking ten more. Oof, she yeah. is at twenty of her thirty-one wounds. Yeah, and activate with the three advantages, another crit. Really? Did uh, we heal up? No. No. What, did you? The math. Because I did damage to it, and she just did another ten. Mm-hmm. 25 yeah. plus my 5 You did 3, she did You did 3, she did 3, you did 4 She no. did 10 And How much does it have? It, it took It's at it taken 20 Of oh, it's, its 31 Oh it's taken 20 Okay, that was what I, I thought you said it has 20 Oh no no no, no. sorry sorry The other way around, my bad. That's, that's my miss that, It was, that was a my misspoke, miss. misspeak on my part Nope. It is at 11 of its, its 31 11. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, cool. Does that help? That does. Because my I, heart's already I, pounding because I know how you're going to spend the despair. <laughs> <laughs> so we're... Come on, go back to my dice. I want to just roll my... Three advantage, right? The three advantage of the crit. So there we go. So it's got there. Two, two crits on it. It already has right? a crit. Two, two I crits? Critted it, I critted it as well. So plus All 20%. Right, so plus, Plus twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Ugh! I only rolled a four, so twenty-four. So twenty-four is 
Another off balance. Hand. Add a setback die to it next check. <laughs> but um, uh oh, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, yeah. It so your arrow time. hits her, <laughs> and she reels. And when she does, that tail slaps out, and that statue that you were standing next mm-hmm. to yeah, shatters. Uh-oh. And the area is filled with serpents. Oh no! <laughs> Hundreds of tiny venomous serpents. What will our heroes do now? I don't know, but why did it have to be snakes? No. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's it. We're done. Oh, that is advantageous threats. That is epic, man. <laughs> that was our most epic one yet. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for uh, listening to the show. We had lots of fun with our advantageous threats. It was so epic. It was very yeah, epic. exactly. Very mythical. mythical. Or mythically, <laughs> well, it was mythic, but epic in a sense that it'll be spoke of in stories yet to come. Exactly. Bards yeah. will sing of our of our epic uh, exploits. It wasn't just a hit or myth kind of thing. Oh. Oh. oh and- <laughs> Put them, and there it is. Yes. <laughs> you don't disappoint. No, no. And Who do you so, want to shout out to, bud? Uh, this week, I want to shout out to uh, the Wild Eye. They're still producing lots of quality shows. They've got their new co-host, Carl uh, Kiesler, who's uh, uh, lending a little bit more class and knowledge. <laughs> To, uh, right. to the show. Right. Uh, class to a classless system. That's it. <laughs> there we go. Everyone knows Carl Kieser for all the excellent you know, uh, setup he does uh, for, for his games and great ideas that he comes up with. So uh, he helps flesh out the group quite nicely. So go listen to them on the Nerds International Network. Chris, anything else? Well, hey, what we have coming up next, buddy, you're running our actual play um, mm. with... Uh, Am I? Oh, yeah, right. Yes, in. Tony, myself, <laughs> and a guest star to adventure mm-hmm. in your Dragon Star setting that you are um, converting from a, a 3.5 edition of d yes. right? Or yes, a D20, exactly. A D20. Yeah, the old D20 system 3.5 edition that Fantasy Flight Games actually produced us, produced, yeah, years ago. So uh, I've been working on that. Some other people on Fantasy Flight uh, forums had had started it, but I think I've done quite a lot of work. Awesome. Uh, Still doing a lot of stuff. There's still lots of other stuff to work on, but doing little little bit by little bit, and I'm looking forward to to that game. Uh, awesome! Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yep. Sweet. Uh, yep. So we'll introduce a special guest next week. Two next weeks. Time? In two weeks. Yeah. Sorry. In next time. <laughs> when they're on the show, during the actual play. Yeah. Right sure. on. Woo-hoo. Keep a it a surprise, surprise until then. Guest. A surprise guest. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Tony, and I'm saying you can reach out to us um, at uh, Finding the Nerd Podcast Gmail dot com. You can get a hold of me and Stefan, Finding the Narrative on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can get a hold of all three of us, Nerds International or the Finding the Narrative Mayway channels mm-hmm. uh, pages. You can talk to Stefan solely, yep. personally, on a 
interpersonal level at FTN underscore Genesis. Just you uh, and I will be very private. On Twitter. Yeah. On the Twitters. <laughs> and um, and uh, you already are listening to us, so you know where to find us. But tell your friends and family, Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We're out there. Give us a listen. Yep. Yes. So this is Tony saying, let's tell a story. Spend some story points. And this is Stefan say, dare to ask for those boost dice. I did. <laughs> and this is Chris um, remembering, try to remember the rule of cool, everybody. And to look really close at those fucking statues when you go into a lair of a big-ass <laughs> serpent. And then, you know, just have fun with it when your partner destroys them. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> wasn't my fault hey you gotta add something to your cap to your thing there Stefan it's gotta say dare to ask for boost dice and find a way to double them <laughs> I did I did that's great I think All that's right. the most number the most number of boost dice I've ever had and then you doubled it no yeah and got nine advantages out of it that's great alright alright have a good night everybody good night Adios. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.